Zanger, 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 Zanger. Pretty sure that sounds familiar. Well, you made it. You're here. Welcome to the Offcast. So, I'm going to start off with the usual things. All the opinions that get expressed here are only the opinions of those who are featured. And anything that is expressed by me is solely an opinion of myself. Alright? I thank you so much for your support. Let us offcast. The idea and concept of fatherhood has changed faces from generation to generation. Whether it's good or bad fatherhood, opinions differ about the quality of certain approaches and perspectives. Some are present, some are absent, some are even absent while being present. <laughs> it gets really deep. With help from some differing contributions, we look into the various faces of fatherhood and parenthood as a whole in this latest series of The Offcast. Well, now let's go. Okay, so here we are <laughs> on a solo mission. The first of the Offcast journey. I'm pretty excited. I must say I'm nervous as well <laughs> because this will be a first in a long, long time. For those of you who are familiar with Offload and um, who have been viewers of that series on YouTube, um, you'll know that I haven't gone solo on any edition or episode since the first season of Offload. So <clears throat> this is going to be quite an experience for me. Firstly, I want to say thank you for the support so far. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just going into detail about something that I feel is quite important and quite relevant to talk about. So without any further ado, enjoy. So the topic that I've decided to go into for this latest edition is fatherhood and by extension parenting as a whole. Um, now, first of all, I'm not a parent just yet, but I do want to talk about the implications and the effects of certain aspects of parenthood and fatherhood, particularly on those who find themselves questioning what kind of parents they will be, um, but also recovering from a lot of traumas that they went through in their childhoods. Um, so what is fatherhood? Look, the dictionary simply describes it as the state of being a father, all right? But we know that there's a lot that comes with that, right? And this differs from person to person, culture to culture, race to race, religion to religion, okay? Um, I want to go into the origins of fatherhood itself. Now look, I mean, we can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? But there's not much that we can really gain or um, extract from that regarding Adam's fatherhood. So decided to do a little bit of digging and I looked into a study, a research paper that was done by Sebastian Kramer um, in the UK in 1991 called The Origins of Fatherhood, an Ancient Family Process, okay? Now, 
It's very interesting because, you know, one thing that we like to highlight these days is how equal things happen to be in terms of the child rearing and the parenting process. But when we look back, right, and I'm going to refer to a few aspects of this article, the first mention is about the animals, and it zones in on chimpanzees, right? Um, so with the chimpanzee, right, that family consists of only the mother and her children, interestingly enough. The father is absent, right, once the kids are born, right? So he's basically just there for the reproductive process. Okay, now we like to cry out and say, oh, this is a human thing and, you know, this is the fall of parenthood, the fact that there's um, either one or both parents who are just not present for the child. But we can see that we've got a representation even in the animal kingdom. And they aren't the only animals with a relationship like this. Okay. Now, I think we can all agree that it's not the most parental behavior for one partner to be in charge of all that has to do with the parenting. But hey, <laughs> it's not like the animals really worry about that. So in the early days of our civilization, it's quite interesting because the human beings, the early ones, used to space out their offspring. Um, you know, not further apart than nowadays, to prolong things like breastfeeding and, you know, because of the burden of care, right? Um, it, it, it made things a bit easier for them. You know, they didn't have access to things like helpers, nannies and such who could help them out, right? Um, so often, um, and you'll hear these sort of complaints even now, the older children would participate and they would help in raising the younger children, right? And, um, you know, this continued for, for generation to generation to generation to generation, okay? Now, obviously, you know, you see certain patterns, they continue, you don't know whether they are beneficial, all right? And ultimately, like I said before, it differs from person to person. You know, for some older children amongst the siblings, they may feel like it's valuable um, parenting experience, right, to assist their, their biological parents in raising their younger siblings. But you get the other side of the coin where some of the older children will resent their parents, right, for having had this uh, responsibility sort of thrust on them. All right, so, you know, we went through a stage as civilization where we actually had much closer births. Whether this was intentional or not, um, you could find that the ages of the children were much closer. So instead of five, six, or seven year gaps, you'll probably have three, two, or even one year gaps, right? Now, getting back to the point of the parenthood. So, you know, we like to talk about how um, in the past, you know, there was a lot of patriarchy, and that is the reason why we 
are in the state that we're in at the moment. But, you know, according to this research over here, the woman and the man were almost on equal ground even back then. And then I'm talking like um, almost 2,000 years ago, right? And it's interesting, right? The duties were clear, you know. Um, it is what we have come to know. One would be the hunter, one would be the gatherer. But it's almost like the woman was revered in the society, né? Uh, because she could bear the children, because she um, could be in charge of the farming, you know, uh, be in charge of the, the food and all of that, those aspects, raising the children, right? So in many ways, women were even more treasured than we tend to see nowadays. And then the men, they would have the great war stories of hunting and almost dying, right? Almost being attacked by lions or uh, being flattened by an elephant, you know, all in the pursuit of getting food for the family. Um, but ultimately, that would be a war story just for entertainment between the men. But in terms of the economy of the family, <laughs> uh, it would all just contribute to one meal or a few meals at a specific time. You know, the interesting thing also about society at the time was that societies were much more equal. Yeah? And this is what encouraged uh, the likes of uh, more equal households, right? So contrary to what we hear, or contrary to what we've studied over time, you know, you'll actually find that there was quite a lot of mutual respect between men and women um, in those earlier times, right? So, of course, things started advancing, you know, there was agriculture that was building up and, yeah, society was booming, pa 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 Then things like trade started happening, you know, I... <laughs> Then the inequalities started to come up, right? And once there were inequalities between certain lands, which became countries, then the inequalities in the home started, right? As soon as they discovered the physiological differences between men and women, seeing that men had more physical stamina, then they took on more of the jobs, right? More of the work. And then this started building up a bit of an ego element of it. And then that's how we ended up with something called patriarchy. Yeah which is something that plays us until today, okay? So yeah, that's a brief history lesson, okay? Um, differences between societies brought up different arguments, you know, divine rights to certain minerals, which society could have gold, which society could have copper, which society could have all the cattle, right? You name it. Uh, they fought about it, <laughs> just like we do now, right? So then, <clears throat> things like fatherhood began to be dented, okay? Um, and they went from, well, the man went from being so prominent in their children's lives, right? Even to the extent of actually taking weeks off and not doing anything, Right, not hunting, not farming, not trading, just to help the wife um, to raise the newborn right after childbirth. Right, that changed. It all changed, and more and more detachment started to grow. Right, and it was quite sad. 
and um, that's where we find ourselves now. Um, this is something that's you know going to be quite reflective, and I asked for a lot of contributions from you know friends as well as family members, you know, of their thoughts and opinions about such, right? Because this is something that affects us in different ways, like I said before. Right. And it's important to acknowledge that. Okay. So if I take a lens into where we are now, right. Definitely, I think we can all agree that, you know, the thing of fatherhood is something that's far more valued now than what it used to be. You've got more men fighting for their parental rights than before. Um, sadly, we even see a whole lot more single fathers rather than single mothers, right? That's due to a lot of reasons, okay? Um, their partner could have passed away. Maybe the partner has been deemed unfit to raise the child and so on and so on and so on, right? Um, or they just left... Um, the father of the child as well as um, the child so yeah um, it's becoming more and more prevalent and you know attitudes are really changing towards this whole thing um, if we look at the Western world you know we always see depictions of these very present fathers you know who are so loving caring <laughs> Um, you see them in the movies playing baseball with their kids or football, right? Uh, watching movies, taking their daughters um, out to the lake for picnics, you know, and so on and so on, right? But, you know, if I look at the context of, you know, my upbringing as well as just the country around me. It is just so sad because a lot of children and a lot of my peers missed out on a lot of aspects of what they could have, could have experienced with their fathers, right? And it's become a running joke. We even have a show, right, on uh, DSTV called Utatako. <laughs> you know, where... Um, children are reunited with their fathers or fathers are reunited with their children, right? Or it could be the mother of the child who, you know, um, ex executes the process, right? And it's, it's amazing not to say that other countries don't have uh, similar uh, productions and similar platforms, but um, it is a sad thing to note. And the fact that it has reached such a level that it's no longer a joke, but now it's become something that is being capitalized on, right? To pull in ratings, pull in views and all of that. And there have been so many uh, legal disputes, right? So many custody um, cases and such. It's really heartbreaking, right? Um, and so many times, I don't have a, um, an exact figure, but there are so many times where men have disputed their children for various reasons, right? Claiming that they don't know the woman, to 
to feeling like they're not ready to um, just looking at the child and saying no this is not mine and so on and so forth right yeah it's it's disheartening right we don't have one single answer for it so we don't have one single answer for this phenomenon right the best we can do is just guess about it okay um, and try to make changes because <laughs> I mean speaking from my own experience you know for you know from my own circumstances you can grow up you can go through your childhood and all the women around you can fill those gaps right but there are certain things that just cannot be done right and there are certain gaps that can never be filled by you know the person of a certain gender um, who is trying to play the role of the missing parent whether it's a missing mother or a missing father right you know, I only met mine when I was a teenager age of 16 I believe um, I mean he knew about me all along <laughs> but that's a story for another day um, it's just a lot um, and you know I can tell you you can really enjoy your life you know you can really appreciate every single thing that happens and you know there are certain triumphs but I do know that around the world um, those who do not have the father around have to deal with endless questions you know like what does your dad do where is your father whether it's a football match right and they say why isn't your dad watching you or a parent and teacher meeting you know where they'll ask questions like why hasn't your father pitched you know we haven't seen him all year you know questions like that you know how curious people can get and you know the sad thing is that it's not even a unique situation you know which is why I don't even see my context as something special I had a lot of friends who had similar circumstances for various reasons right and you know they, they can back me up that um, as I say you can enjoy your life but there are certain things that will always be missing, right? Especially, I believe, for boys growing up, because there's this, I'll call it a perception, right? That um, there are certain lessons that you can only learn from the parent of the same gender, right? You can only be taught, you know, by the parent of the same gender. In many ways it is true because they went through exactly what you went through physically um, maybe even socially as well so um, it does have a, there's a lot of store in that argument right um, and there's only so much that you can fill in through reading through consulting and just observing other families but ultimately <laughs> you're really just going with the flow, grasping at straws, right? And, I mean, in one part, it's a plea for there to be a culture change, right? Um, just a shift in the dynamics, right? 
a shift in how men deal with things, right? A shift in how men are seeing the role of fatherhood, right? And seeing the honor in it, right? And we can refer to a lot of religious text, how, you know, the thing of fathering a lineage, right? Creating a legacy. It was an honor, right? The same way for a mother, it's, it's an honor to, to carry a life and to carry multiple lives if they have that blessing. But for some reason or another, there are so many men who just don't see that or they don't see it that way. Alright? So, that's a brief like overview of the context of my country and the context of my immediate surroundings growing up. Now, I'm gonna make this clear. Uh, I don't stand here as a full-grown adult feeling like I missed out on anything crucial to my development because in many ways I actually feel that I'm a better man for it and it makes me more compassionate and more understanding of a lot of different contexts and a lot of gaps that people are missing in their lives. I don't know how it would have turned out if I had the traditional nuclear upbringing. Um, I don't know if I could have ended up being spoiled or uh, ended up in the places that I did end up in because I think it served as a tonic as well for my own mother to just travel, right? Seize her opportunities, work harder, travel the world, right? And take her child with her. And as a result, you know, I have such an open mind to different things. So, I am a believer in this thing of things happening for a reason, right? But, um, I definitely do feel that society needs a shift, all right? Um, so, like I said, with the Western situation, very present fathers, um, you know, I'm not very well versed on the East, um, particularly Asian culture, whether it's Chinese, Korean, Indian, whatever it is, but there is a very patriarchal uh, feeling about it. Um, from my observations, some of the cultures are very authoritative, right? Kind of like what we spoke about with the chimpanzees. <laughs> where honestly it was about being the leader, the head of the household. And then the emotional side wasn't as important, right? Um, and this carries over into some religions, right? I found it very interesting though, to go into the Islam religion, right? And there are certain principles that are very important in the Islam religion. I'm just going to list them. Um, so the first is to passionately love your wife, right? To be a man of integrity, or your words will fall on deaf ears. <laughs> your children's importance to you 
can be measured by how much time you spend with them. All right. You know, and there's a subtopic here that says, take action. Find out what your child likes to do and do it with them. You see how media can depict people in the wrong way? <laughs> the next thing is to schedule time to spend with them and break your back to keep it. Surprise them by taking them out to lunch from school. Okay? You, more than anyone else, can give your children lifelong self-worth. Alright? And one more thing, communicate as a family. Those are such beautiful principles, you know? And even with Buddhist faith, similar things, right? You know, the, the parents are told to keep their children away from evil, <clears throat> encourage them to do good, provide them with good education, make suitable marriage arrangements for them, <laughs> give them their inheritance when they need it, okay? Do you hear that? Such loving, loving principles, right? And look, I mean, that's the whole basis of the religious practices anyway, is to preach love. But unfortunately, the world has turned certain faiths, you know, and certain principles into something dark. There are extremists on many sides, right? It's not only in some faiths, in all faiths, you know. And they tell themselves that they're doing it for the greater good or they're doing it for um, what uh, their, their, their higher power, their God, tells them to. But <laughs> to inflict harm on others, it is not, it is not a godly thing to do in any religion. All right. Now, this is an account from my friend who had a present father, but he had certain wishes. I'd like you to listen carefully. Yeah, um, this topic of fatherhood is a very, is a very important one. I think. Um, my experience, I think, for me, the greatest gift my father could have given me is just affirmation. My father was a present father. I saw him almost every night, almost every day. He was present. He was there in my life. I knew I had a father. He provided and took care of me and uh, the rest of the family. But there was never any affirmation from my father. Like, you know, I grew up, I, I tend, I start to realize these things now that I'm um, a bit older. But there's a lot of things that I could have overcame if I, I had the correct tool. And I think for kids these days, the most important tool is affirmation. Because we live in a society where knowledge is easily accessible for most. I say for most because obviously we have in Africa that we live we're very poor people, but that's besides the point. Like knowledge is easily accessible, so everyone is going to be all right. All you have to do is just believe in yourself, believe that you can achieve anything. And with that belief in your heart, nothing will deter you. And I think that should be cultivated from a younger age. Like from a young age, a child should know what he's capable of as a human being. There's a quote that I like. What man has done, man can do. And if we grow up raising our kids, believing that, I think they'll be okay. They'll overcome any obstacle in their way. So for me, affirmation is one of the most important things that a father 
can hand down to his child and nothing can beat that on my part like all the money in the world all the presence in the world but if a child does not have affirmation then he won't make it in this life it's going to be very difficult for him to make it in this life that's my point of view right yeah powerful right <laughs> so there are new schools of thought regarding modern day fatherhood some are very liberal and we've seen it present itself in a lot of circumstances i think a very prominent example would be what you see from the smith family in hollywood um you know a very sort of not necessarily hands off but an approach that promotes freedom of thought and expression right um and the freedom to obviously make mistakes and deal with them in a way that they see fit or see best as the children right um you know whether this you know works or not it's really dependent on the family right but yeah it seems like jaden and willow smith have turned out all right <laughs> um and a lot of people are starting to take up this example right and you're starting to see it's in a lot of fathers who are not the traditional authority authoritative or authoritarian uh figure who is strict right and uh you know very what you would call rough towards their kids right um but someone who you know will be happy to have their children bring home their their partners and you know um let them do whatever they want to do in the home and <laughs> let them smoke if they want try out alcohol at a young age right because the whole idea for them is as long as they do it in front of me um then it's fine at least then if anything goes wrong i am there to clean up the mess right which is the principle of that style then you get the parents who are still very traditional about things you know who will set curfews for their teenage children who will set a a, a dating um age <laughs> for their boys and their girls right and it's usually the 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 girls who have an older age um restriction than their siblings their male siblings <laughs> and it's still like that even today right and fathers will be very happy to keep it that way because number 1 which is sad they know how young boys think right why because they thought the same way when they were growing up but number 2 there's just so many dangers out there in the world and it speaks to a whole other conversation you know about the psyche and mentality of men in general right then you get mixed styles so a bit of the traditional strict ways um and then something liberal as well which is probably going to get more popular as time goes on because there are less and less absolutes nowadays and you can expect that right and that goes for so many things right um you're seeing so many more 
mixed race children, mixed culture homes, mixed religion homes. So it's probably the way things are going to be in the future. Um, there are also differing levels of involvement that might be due to um, custody issues. Okay, it might be personal choice. And like I mentioned before, maybe certain fathers just don't know about the child, right? We have this thing in South Africa um, of clans, right? And, you know, it's always very important, especially in the Kosa culture, to know the next person's clan, to avoid things like intermarrying and interdating. You know, you might find that you're dating your long-lost sister, your long-lost cousin, right, um, and so on. Um, you'll fall madly for someone and find out it's your brother. <laughs> so, you know, again, it just goes back to the whole point of the absence element of it. And I feel like a lot of women don't want their sons to be those sort of men and those sort of fathers, right? And it's really starting to fuse. You can see women and men starting to take aspects and elements of different cultures, um, different religions as well, which is debatable as a concept. But uh, yeah, and you know, we're starting to see now that human rights as a whole and women's rights need to be considered fairly, right? When I say fairly, I mean not as an afterthought, right? Not as like, oh, oh yeah, you you gave birth to the child. <laughs> yeah, maybe your opinion is important, but like, no, as a person, as a human being, it needs to be remembered and understood that, look, these things are key, right? What the woman wants for the home is not only important, it's not only crucial, but it just makes sense. <laughs> right and I asked um, another friend to sort of look a bit into the future and talk about what kind of son or what kind of man she would like her son to become right and she shared some beautiful words and yeah, I'd like you to just listen and hopefully you will gather some things and probably see that a lot of women are thinking the same thing for their sons. Ha, ah, the journey. It's been a hard one. I think for me, it started, it started being hard when I found out that I'm going to have a boy because men have it so hard in the world. They have like preconceived everything so a man should do this a man should a man should not cry a man should a man should a man shouldn't a man should be like this a man should be like this so for me that was quite a challenge from the beginning but having him here and actually putting in the work i have learned that it's not about the man we shouldn't put it into a bottle. There is no right or wrong, but it's about the person. So 
what do I want for my child? I want my child to be happy. I want him to be content. So I hope you enjoyed what she had to share there and got you thinking a bit. I want to highlight some other important points that she had. So she also said he should be happy with who he is, what he is, what he stands for, and the decisions he makes. Because only when he's happy will he be able to make the next person happy. That will in turn mean he will be a great husband because he wouldn't need another person to fulfill or complete him. But he will have someone who is there to compliment him. When he's happy, he's going to be a good father because he's going to be able to give out that happiness and contentment to his children. That's what I want for him. Yep, yep. And that's that for the opening elements of our fatherhood and parenting conversation. Hope you're enjoying it so far. It's only going to get more and more interesting from here. Thank you again for the support. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember to comment if you've got anything to contribute, share the material, um, and of course, anything that you have to say, anything that you want to contribute, please feel free to come forward. Okay? Get others to subscribe, and I appreciate all the support. See you next time, and we will offcast. <laughs>